channel open. Welcome back to Weekly Trek, a proud member of the Tricorder Transmissions podcast network. I am your host, Alex Perry. What's today's date? The date. Today's show was recorded on August 20th, 2020, and is current through the Star Trek Lower Decks episode, Temporal Edict, so beware of spoilers. Though, given Lower Decks is only available in North America, as I have the two previous weeks, I will be noting in the episode description the time codes for any Lower Decks discussion, so you can skip over it if you choose. All right, let's get into the show. Good day, Voyager, and welcome to A Briefing with Neelix. Catchy title, isn't it? Weekly Trek is a 30-minute news show covering the biggest stories from the Star Trek franchise. We are in a new golden age of Star Trek. There are six television shows in production, possibly more on the way, and enough merchandise to fill the Bajoran wormhole. So stick with me and I'll help you sort the real facts from a lot of the Dominion propaganda that you'll find online. But I can't do this alone. And my guest this week is returning guest, Tyler Habiger. Tyler, welcome back to Weekly Trek. Alex, my friend, thank you for having me. It's always so good to be here. And yes, thank you for helping me navigate the Bajoran wormhole of merchandise. <laughs> we, I always need more, but at the same time, I don't. So it's it's always a, it's a constant battle. Oh, yes. Well, I want to know what's got you excited about Star Trek at the moment. What's got you moving at Warp 10? Oh, my goodness. I Well, it's a good week because there's new Star Trek this week. It's always a good week when there's new Star Trek. And I was I, I was so privileged. CBS All Access invited me to the premiere a couple of weeks ago, the virtual premiere. Oh, very and fun. It was so nice. And I mean, they, they did such a lovely job. And, and they sent me a little letter with some lower deck stickers in them of all the, the main characters and things like that. So they're adorning my fridge now. And it just it makes me so happy to, to see an animated series again. So it. It's just, you know, I, I grew up on the original series and the animated series. So it just, it makes me so happy to come full circle with that and to get to share that with my dad, who got to see the original Star Trek in original runs back in the 60s. So it just, it makes me so happy. That is delightful. And it certainly helps that Lower Decks is quite, quite good as well. Oh, the writers are just wonderful. And they're just, they're so jovial and polite. And they, they know their Star Trek. I mean, really know their Star Trek as... Anyone who can attest that went to Star Trek Las Vegas last year, that when they did their writers panel, they were the experts in the room. It was it was so awesome to see that. Yeah, there's an interesting kind of dichotomy between the last two episodes, the second episode of the series Envoys last week, and then this week's Temporal Edict. Last week, there was like lots of sort of just straight up kind of references to things from the Star Trek canon, like all the aliens wandering around, you know, we're still trying to figure out who all of them are, but they all seem to be tied into some form of Star Trek in some way, shape or form. And just like lots of visual stuff where you're like, oh, I remember this from that episode and that episode. Whereas this week, there was much less of that, but there was much more of sort of the kind of tropes, and I mean that in a loving way, not in a critical way, about Star Trek that we love and are enjoying seeing again, like the double-handed punch and arguing over who's going to be the one to sacrifice themselves and and just all that kind of, you know, and, and sort of being surrounded by primitives wielding spears. It just, this week was much more about enjoying the sort of tropes of Star Trek and, and I just, I thought it was delightful. There are lovely hints of nostalgia throughout these episodes. And I probably the one of the most fun things I saw in, in the first episode and the second episode were these little items scattered throughout. It's like on the 
on the Lasar's display or Elkar's display, however you pronounce it. <laughs> that was there were Argos from the Enterprise E yep. from mm-hmm. Nemesis, and that just warmed my heart. That all of these films and shows are all interconnected, and it just shows how how loving the writers are with their research and, and everything like that. And then seeing the Klingon disruptor pistols in the second episode in the Klingon district. I mean, it just, it, it, it warms a Trekker's heart, but it also, it leaves room for the new fans that have come in in the last five or six years to say, what, what does all this mean? Like, I want to go back and, and, and see all this on Netflix or CBS All Access or wherever you watch your Trek and figure out like, what, why are they fawning over these, these guns and <laughs> in the background? Right. Yeah. It's, so it, it's really, it's all good. And it, it, it truly is a, a golden diamond platinum age of, of new track. So it just, it, it makes people like you and I extremely happy. Absolutely. Well, this week's episode was perhaps not very imaginatively on my behalf, since I think it's been my pick for the last two weeks, was also what I'm feeling good about Star Trek this week. So with that, we will turn to the week's top stories. There's a war going on and I'm a reporter. Alex Kurtzman, the Star Trek franchise showrunner, is continuing to make the rounds on the interview circuit to hype Emmy nominations for both Star Trek Picard and Short Treks. In an interview this week with Deadline, Kurtzman offered a little more detail about the philosophy behind the newly announced Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Echoing comments by Strange New World showrunner Akiva Goldman about how the show would take a more episodic approach to Star Trek, Kurtzman went further in describing his vision for the adventures of Pike, Spock, and Number One. He said, I think Strange New Worlds, under the guidance of Henry Myers and Akiva Goldsman, it's going to be a return in a way to TOS. We are going to do standalone episodes. There will be emotional serialization. There will be two-parters. There will be larger plot arcs. But it really is back to the model of Alien of the Week, Planet of the Week, challenge on the ship of the week with these characters pre-Kirk's Enterprise. I think what people responded to so much to in all three characters is this kind of relentless optimism that they have and that they are at the young phase of their careers. Kurtzman also talked about how season two of Discovery and particularly Pike's knowledge about his own fate will play into the character's arc on the show. He said the idea is how does a character who knows he is going to die live optimistically from that point on and lead a ship? It's a great question. I have never seen a show where a character knew that already. You have to have an inherent optimism in your worldview in order to say, I am going to get up every morning knowing how it is going to end for me and still lead everybody to be the best version of themselves. Tyler, we know from an interview Kurtzman gave last week that Strange New Worlds won't film until 2021, but what are you most looking forward to from the latest live action Star Trek? I tell you, it's it's a toss up between being on the original NCC-1701 Enterprise and having episodic episodes of Star Trek again. Not that there's anything wrong with how serialized Discovery and Picard and a couple of other seasons have been, particularly Deep Space Nine, but this return to this wonderful, you know, planet of the week, alien of the week, villain of the week, problem on the ship, like Alex describes, it's exciting because it's there's always I, I think he's trying to be a good showrunner and a good representative of the whole ethos of Star Trek and all the different communities of fans and so forth that are you know bigger fans of classic track or new track or you know middle of the road track and things like that. So I think this is a way to balance 
the more serialized track that we've gotten over the last couple of years with Discovery and Picard and sort of getting that TOS vibe back for a lot of fans that that's their Star Trek. That's what they grew up on was Next Generation and original series Trek, which was Planet of the Week. So it just, it filled me with such joy to, to see these characters in their gold and their blue uniforms and, and Ethan Peck just, just knocks it out of the ballpark with playing Spock. And it just, it, it makes me so happy. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the operative word of this podcast. It just makes me so happy. That's all of this is happening and very Trek positive in a lot of good ways. Yeah, I think um, Lower Decks has reminded me about why it's fun to have different kinds of Star Trek. So Discovery into Picard, the two were quite similar in many ways. Very heavy on the serialization, very heavy on the drama. Initially, it felt like Picard was quite different from Discovery. And it was in a way in that it was even more serialized than Discovery was. But they still had sort of some very similar kind of trappings to them. Lower Decks being, you know, totally different in being an animated comedy, in addition to being episodic Star Trek, has sort of shown me that it's fun to do things that are quite different. And so I think, you know, this idea of making all of these Star Trek shows different from each other, and as we get these new shows coming around the corner, having them have a unique take on the franchise is really exciting and I think you know is probably the only way to avoid franchise fatigue and I cannot wait for a return to live action planet of the week because it's a totally different sort of storytelling style you know the way you set up the stories the way you execute them over 42 minutes rather than over 10 or 15 episodes is so different and so I'm thrilled by this I mean I've been thrilled by it since Akiva Goldsman you know sort of said look we're going back to episodic Star Trek a couple of months ago and I almost didn't think about covering this for that reason because you know we sort of already knew this but felt like Kurtzman went a bit further in sort of clarifying that look not only is it episodic but it's episodic in the way that you enjoyed and you liked about the original series and the next generation and and voyager and you know some of the other sort of 90s shows to some extent one of the little tidbits that i was intrigued to to read about was that he sort of tells us that it's going to take place after the events of discovery season two which i sort of expected and i think a lot of us did but I almost, I, I, I don't want them to discount the idea that there's not stories to tell before they rendezvoused with the Discovery, because I, I, I also want to see how these characters bonded, how Pike became so close with Spock, you know, because when they when he bid farewell to the Discovery, he said, Spock, there aren't words. So I, I, I do want to see that happen. And some fan fiction I've been kicking around to some of my friends is that I, I want Cornwell to come back and be Pike's therapist for getting him through the Talos Four incident. And because you know, obviously that messed him up quite a bit as we saw. But that yeah, that's a nice little tidbit that I thought that I saw that's that that intrigued me that they're gonna be it's gonna be taking place after the events of Discovery and moving on after that. That's a super cool idea about Cornwell. And you know, I mean with this show being what it is, you could easily have a flashback episode that explores, you know, sort of like Q and A did some of these characters kind of first meeting and developing their relationship. Right. Like the the beautiful short tracks, which you know, we will talk about soon. And that is a perfect segue because good news for Star Trek fans in the United States who haven't yet seen the latest Star Trek short treks. They are now available to stream for free without a CBS All Access subscription on YouTube. 
In another move to bolster the chances of taking home Outstanding Short Form Comedy or Drama Series Emmy, CBS has made all six of the recent short treks, including the Picard tie-in Children of Mars, which is not available on the currently released Blu-ray set, available on YouTube in the US until August the 31st. So head on over and enjoy. Tyler, which was your favorite of the six season two short treks? Oh, goodness. I knew you were going to ask me that. (laughs) It was, I have to tell you, they were all good in their own respective ways. They, they were all solid, wonderfully put together, well-written. But I have to tell you, Michael Shabon's Q&A uh, between Spock and number one, because I'm such a classic Trek person since my, my series is TOS. So I was, I was, I'm so drawn in by number one and the chemistry that she has with Spock. And I think that was a wonderful uh, way to gauge fans and how they would react to a Pike series, which they teased for so long until they finally told us that we were getting it. Sort of, I think, one of the low points in the current pandemic we're facing is that we finally found out we're getting a Pike series. So Q&A is my favorite, but I also really, really enjoyed Children of Mars, which I think set up the cards so well and how that universe has altered in the 20 years since Nemesis. So I'm but they're all incredibly solid, wonderful. But what about you, Alex? What did you love? You have picked uh, my two favorites as well. The uh, only other one I would add in terms of strong competition for either first, second, or third place, and depending on the time of day, you know, I'll switch them around, would be A Frame and Dot, the animated short trek about the Tardigrade, which I also thought was delightful. Oh, yes. And hearing, oh my gosh, hearing Khan's voice right. for, the, for the brief moments. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So a ton of fun. And if you haven't watched them yet, get yourself over to YouTube. If you're in the United States, I'm sorry, everybody else in the rest of the world, we're still doing this, but get yourself over to YouTube and give them a watch. You will not be disappointed and it won't take you too long because they're only 15 minutes a piece. That was really Really good of CBS to, to put those on YouTube for I think a great deal of us because normally, you know, they're they're, they're doing this for this for for your consideration campaigns is for you know at Emmy voters, yeah. know, folks that are members of the of that academy, and for them to put it on for us fans to just watch and get another you know a good you know excitement out of is is really really good of CBS and I and I have to tell you like. From the folks that I interacted with that work for CBS on that on that premiere, they are some of the most receptive, kind people you will meet. Like they really do care about this franchise and they want it to succeed. So after seeing all that, it's this is no surprise that they would put this on YouTube for everybody, not just the voters. So good on CBS. Teased by IDW at the virtual San Diego Comic-Con several weeks ago, a new Star Trek Voyager comic has now been formally announced. A first for the longtime Star Trek comics license holder, Star Trek Voyager will be getting its own comic series beginning in November to celebrate the show's 25th anniversary. Focusing on Seven of Nine, the series, which is titled Seven's Reckoning, is set during the run of the show and will take readers deep into uncharted space and even deeper into the human heart of a Borg drone. Seven's Reckoning is written by Dave Baker, who contributed to the Star Trek Waypoint anthology, And the art is by Angel Hernandez, who, if you're a Star Trek comics reader, you will know his work because he most recently did the art for the Star Trek Picard Countdown series. Tyler, a Voyager comics series isn't something we've seen in nearly two decades. Do you think you might give this one a try? I have to tell you, after getting the Mirror Universe Voyager, that little mini that they did uh, not too long ago, this makes me 
so excited because Voyager is what I watch to relax. And I'm, I'm always looking for more Delta Quadrant adventures. So I know that there's, and especially with the timeline being right between those episodes, Scientific Method and Europel, which those are seven of nine's formative episodes. So she's really trying to figure out, you know, how she's, how to be human again after being a drone for so long. And I have to tell you, just from the, the, the cover art, I mean, the, the illustrations, I mean, they really nailed the characters, especially Janeway. And they've been doing, IDW has been doing such great work, especially J.K. Woodward's work with the series that he's done. So I'm, I'm so excited for this. This looks really good. And, you know, because I've, I've seen different rumors around uh, the interwebs about a possible Janeway, you know, series at some point. So this, I don't know, this could be laying some framework for that, which, you know, that's fingers crossed for all the Voyager fans out there. But this is this is so nice to to get a a Voyager series, you know, and they've been doing a lot of Picard and TNG and so forth. So this is really great to to get some more Voyager for all the all us fans out there. Yeah, we were told it would never happen that it was highly unlikely that we were going to get more Deep Space Nine comics, any Voyager comics after, you know, if this was a few years ago now at this point, but IDW had said, you know, they just they just don't really sell and therefore it's highly unlikely that we'll do any more of them. And now they are in the middle of publishing a four-part Deep Space Nine comic, and they've got a four-part Voyager comic coming right up later this year in November. So yeah, this is a massively exciting time to be a Star Trek comics fan. And with the exception of the Mirror Voyager one-shot, I think the last one, the last Voyager comic I can think of that was published was back in like 2001 by, I think it was Wildstorm at the time. So it's been, you know, it's been closing in on 20 years since we last got a, a Voyager comic. So yeah, this is super, super exciting. Star Trek fans in Germany will have to wait a bit longer to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Star Trek Voyager with all their friends, as Destination Star Trek Germany has announced it is moving again from its rescheduled December date to June 25th to the 27th, 2021. The convention's move, which is actually the third time this convention has been rescheduled, the first was due to a scheduling conflict for the venue pre-COVID, and the second was due to COVID-19, is a result of the pandemic and the ongoing government restrictions restrictions in Germany. Destination Star Trek's organizers promise that, though significantly delayed beyond its original date, the next German convention will be a fun one, and even though it will no longer be in the 25th anniversary of Star Trek Voyager, it will continue to be a celebration of Voyager's 25th anniversary. And for those who are wondering about Destination Star Trek London, scheduled to take place in November, the organizers promise an update in the next few weeks, but that as of right now, the convention is still going forward. Tyler, you got to think at this point that most, if not all of the conventions will be postponed to 2021, including, dare I say it, our beloved STLV. What do you think? Beloved doesn't begin to describe it, Alex. It's it's like a pilgrimage each year to Las Vegas to, I guess, to whatever hotel they decide for it to wind up in. But I think this is really good of Destination Star Trek to postpone this until next year and to just basically just write off 2020 as a whole for DST Germany. But and to give Voyager the respect it deserves for its 25th anniversary, because there's 25 year anniversaries for all of Voyager seven seasons. So really, it's a 25th anniversary party that goes for seven years. It's like it's like when Walt Disney turned 100. Right. Celebrated for three years. So it's. But London is, that's another story, and I don't pretend to 
ever want to be a convention owner or promoter at this time yeah. because mm-hmm. this is this is just an unprecedented and unparalleled just terrible time for them and because this is how a lot of folks make their living is is doing these conventions and so I, I really feel for them and everyone that I know that's in that world so I, I do hope that you know there's some sort of miracle that November will indeed be pulled off but they did announce earlier, I think today or yesterday, that's, that there is going to be some sort of an announcement for that at some point for, for London. So I know all of my, my, my Brit boys and my boys in Scotland are, are anxiously awaiting that. So I, 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 hope they, I hope they stay safe. I hope everyone stays safe. But until that time, we've got lots of things to look forward to. So like I said, there's a big 25th anniversary party that's going to go for seven years so we've got lots to celebrate in the future and next year will be a big year because we can do both the 25th anniversary of voyager and the 20th anniversary of enterprise all at the same time right right which yes they deserve that as well that 20th anniversary because that's you know and the the cruise i think is going to do the right thing with moving to 2022 and las vegas we'll see what happens but it's you know we're as of now we're you and I are still hopefully planning to be there, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I don't know. Also next year, 55th anniversary of Star Trek. Oh my goodness. I, I, don't tell my father that. That'll, that'll, <laughs> <laughs> that'll make him upset. <laughs> oh, those, those originals, I tell you. But that's, it's all, all kinds of wonderful things to celebrate from this. So there's, there's plenty to look forward to. And think of all the money that we're saving that we'll get to invest in all these new outfits and so forth, you know, we'll get to, you know, un- you and I will get to unveil so many new uniforms and, and casual outfits and whatnot. So it'll be, a, it'll be a great fashion show for all of us. I know right before the, right before I hopped on to start recording, I unpacked, I just got a delivery in from Inovos who have in stock Ooh. the Picard Darmok jacket and oh. I bought it and I and I, I got two minutes to try it on before we started recording and I'm pretty pretty thrilled with it. You must tweet a photo, my friends. I certainly is, will. It looks like a mar from the photos, the production photos, it looks like a marvelous reproduction. Yeah, it's really nice. Well good for you. That is wonderful. I'm glad I'm glad that we're still investing and treating ourselves through all of this. I mean it's the only way through, my friend. It's right. <laughs> That's right. And lastly, we have two sad stories to round out this week. First, we send our deepest condolences to the family of actor Ben Cross, who passed away this week. Ben played Sarek in the 2009 Star Trek movie, but is best known for his starring role in the film Chariots of Fire. And in a deeply disturbing story, the family of Nichelle Nichols has started a GoFundMe to raise money to wage a legal battle against an employee of Nichols. Marion Smothers, the youngest sister of Nichelle, has accused the employee of taking advantage of Nichols and is attempting to raise $100,000 to pay legal fees to win back power of attorney over Nichelle. This is just a really sad story and our hearts go out to Nichelle and all involved. The fundraiser has to date raised over $65,000 and can be found by going to GoFundMe and searching for Shields Up Nichelle Nichols. Nichelle, all our hopes. Yeah, that. My all my all my love to, to to Ben's family. He was he was such a marvelous addition to Star Trek 09 playing Sarek, and he really I think he really nailed what uh, what Mark Leonard had had brought to the role for so many years before. And 
some of the stories that that, that he had conveyed over the years about it, it was rather difficult to be that emotionless Vulcan, which Leonard Nimoy has attested to over the years and so forth. But that father-son dynamic between uh, Spock and Sarek is something that he really enjoyed. And and he was a father himself, and he has he leaves two grown children behind. So there's there's just such a lifetime of wonderful memories of that. And he actually got to work with Whoopi Goldberg back in 2019. So it's you know the the Star Trek connections you know continue long after. Oh yes. And Michelle, you know, I for those of us that are sort of more dialed into the celebrity happenings of all of our beloved Star Trek fans, you know, there's so many different stories and and different rumors going around and i don't pretend to know what's true and what's not because none of us really know what what is actually going on but you know michelle deserves you know the the most relaxing happy retirement that she could possibly get for you know the six seven decades that she has given us of her life and you know she's sort of you know her life and a lot of her events you know we have so much to thank her for you know, all the people that she's inspired for all these decades. And, you know, I'll leave you with, you know, she, she deserves a very happy retirement. And, you know, she, she doesn't need this at this point in her life. But, you know, I, I do wish her all the best. And I hope she's staying safe and she's well. And, and all, my, all my love to her family and all of us fans, you know, we're, we're rooting for you. Here, here. I couldn't have said it better myself. All right. Well, you've talked about the facts. And now let's speculate on what's going to happen in the future of Star Trek. You make some very good points, Captain. But it's still all speculation and theory. So each week, I and my guest give you a wish or theory we're nurturing about Lower Decks, Discovery, Picard, Strange New Worlds, the future of the franchise. So Tyler, let's hear your theory or wish for this week. My wish for Lower Decks is I hope we run into a certain Starfleet officer from one of our beloved shows, whether it's Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Next Generation. There's animated series leave all kinds of wonderful possibilities because our beloved actors all they have to do is walk into a recording studio anywhere in the world and provide their wonderful voices for us but i am so hopeful that we will meet one of our beloved i want to say probably a tng actor perhaps perhaps we run into uh, number one or we run into captain Riker, or maybe admiral picard at some point so this is you know it would be it would be nice to tie those uh, picard and lower decks connections together but that's that would be my wish is that we see one of our beloved folks but they're doing such a wonderful job with it they really don't even need you know our classic folks but it's such a nice nod to that large ever-expanding universe so that would be my wish well we know it's coming because mike mcmahon has basically at this point just flat out said yes there are cameos from legacy characters in lower decks we're now three episodes in and we have only been teased at the possibility with, in the first episode, a couple of mentions of famous characters like Spark and Gary Mitchell and oh, yes. and etc. And then in this week's episode, the appearance at the very end of a statue of the most important Starfleet officer in history, <laughs> Chief Miles Edward O'Brien. The most important. Get that, yeah, get that right. Absolutely. <laughs> but we've not yet had the voices for anybody, but it sounds like it's only a matter of time and we've got seven episodes left so three down seven to go it's it's coming eventually at some point within the next two months we'll see it we've got star trek through the rest of the year so it's 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 you know the rest of 2020 is going to be pretty good i think so the best is yet to come for all of this for sure it is well my theory this week 
is uh, actually another listener submission. This one from Jim Morehouse again. He who correctly theorized that Lower Decks would result in the return of the episode titles after the opening credits. This is, I think, a tongue-in-cheek theory, and I would be surprised if Star Trek does it, but I've seen crazier things happen. So Jim has posited this theory that on one of the Star Trek shows, it doesn't matter which one, could be Discovery, could be Strange new worlds one of the live action shows that we will get introduced to the prime gabriel lorca but that later on in the season we will eventually discover again that rather than it actually being prime lorca it is a resurrected mirror lorca all over again basically doing a double twist on the season one big reveal of star trek discovery which was the cat of the Discovery was actually from the Mirror Universe. So we will continue not to have met Prime Lorca and we will have met Mirror Lorca twice who will have fooled us both times. Tyler, what do you think about that? I I feel like that's going to be the running gag through all of these new shows is that we'll always tease finding Prime Lorca but that we never find him. It's like those those you know, those characters on sitcoms that are always mentioned but never show up. Or Or it's like Mourn. It's like from Deep Space Nine, it's like you always think, you know, that all, all the characters are saying, he's just talking my ear off and you never hear him speak through all <laughs> all 180 <laughs> episodes. So it's, you know, it's one of those wonderful running gags. But, you know, you, most of your premonitions have come true, my friends. So I, oh, I, very I, few I learned, of them. I learned never. Oh, come on. <laughs> you, you, you predicted the finale of Discovery. I mean, you you had you nailed it. That was you know, the last time, I, one of the times I was on, but you you, you absolutely did that correctly. So I've, I've learned never to count out the Alex Perry theories. <laughs> uh, Jim Morehouse, Morehouse theories, we can take or leave though. <laughs> Jim, okay, there we go. That's, yeah. Do you have a theory or a wish for Discovery, Picard, Lower Decks, or the future of the franchise that you'd like to share? Tweet them to me at Weekly Trek, and I might feature your theory in a future episode. Well, that's all the time we've got for this episode of Weekly Trek. Thank you so much to my guest, Tyler Habiger, for joining me today. Tyler, how can people contact you if they want to continue the conversation? Oh, follow me on Twitter, RTHabiger, H-A-B as in boy, I-G-E-R. We stay Trek positive on my Twitter. So please follow and let's chat. And Wednesday is Trek positive day, right? I mean, that's every right. day is Trek positive every day. day. Wednesday is, right. the we, is the day we call it out. Got it. Got I'm, it. I'm so grateful to see all those wonderful posts. They really do make my week. And it's, it's, just a, it's just a great way for all of us to get through, you know, these sort of these sordid weeks of, you know, some of us are still at home. Some of us are back at work. But it always brings a smile to my face to see what's making people smile out there in the Trek universe. So thank you to everybody who participates. It is fabulous. And you can find this show on Twitter at Weekly Trek and me at Alexander T. Perry. And if you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on your podcast player of choice. And please check out some of the other great shows on the Tricorder Transmissions. And if you like our shows, please also consider becoming a Patreon of Tricorder, which you can find at patreon.com slash the Tricorder Transmissions. And lastly, if you're looking for Star Trek news on the internet i hope you will turn to trekcore.com well thank you tyler thank you to all of my listeners and until next week live long and prosper mm-hmm.